Hey everybody, welcome to That Supply Show, where we share tips to maximize barcode and RFID print supplies performance. I'm Christine Weber. And I'm Kelly Bernison. Kelly and I have been with Zebra specializing in supplies for just under 15 years. There are many factors that can impact read range when you're talking about RFID. But one of the major ones is the material of the surface being labeled. Metal can be especially challenging to identify. You need the right RFID labeling solution to deliver acceptable read ranges. Hundreds of different RFID tags are available in many shapes and sizes with features and options specific to memory needs, environments, surface materials, applications, including tagging metals. That is what we are going to explore today. It's time for us to start our broadcast. Action! As we mentioned, we are gonna dive into the impact of the material of the surface being labeled on RFID read range. Metal is a tricky surface. But before we dive into the surfaces themselves, let's start off by talking about how RFID works. Kelly, can you walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna pull a graphic up here because it really helps to kind of understand what we're talking about. This is the deconstruction of an RFID tag. Um, there's a couple layers here that we don't always use. This top layer, they're calling the encapsulated. Sometimes that's like a hard plastic. That's not what we're talking about today. The face, the face of it, this could be a paper, it could be a polyester, it could be a polypropylene. But the actual inlay is this antenna layer where you see lots of squiggles or blocks of aluminum. Um, and then the chip, it's a little itty bitty. This is pretty large. It, the chip is actually so small, most of the time you cannot see it. And then uh, there'll be a substrate that it has to be built on. So the antenna and the chip are built on a substrate. It's usually a polyester um, substrate. And then sometimes there's adhesive added. So that's the most basic form is the antenna and the chip um, that receives the signal. So an antenna, is used for transmitting and receiving signals. And the RFID chip is where all that information is stored. Sometimes it's called IC or integrated. C is where the memory lives for the RFID tag. And the RFID tags are fixed items to track them using RFID readers and antennas. Passive RFID tags, which is what we talk, use mostly um, here at Zebra is they do not have batteries. Instead, they receive energy from the radio waves generated by the reader. So the reader um, comes into the same arena as a tag. The reader energizes that tag and it wakes it up. We like to say it wakes it up and then it starts transmitting back information back to the reader and the antenna. The energy runs through the internal antenna to the tag's chip. The energy activates the chip and then that's called backscatter. The information goes back to the reader. Very interesting, Kelly. So what would you say is a good read range on metal versus other surfaces? Because I'm guessing there's a difference. There, there can be a wide difference. So I tried to answer this question kind of um, apples to apples as much as I could. So if I took the uh, on metal tag, and compared it to a very similar in size label, 
that would you would use in a regular RFID label. So um, RZBR2000 is 95 millimeters by eight millimeters in, in inches. That's three and three quarters by three eighths. Um, you're gonna get about 17 meters or 55 feet out of that. Now, if I take that same construction form factor size and put that into an on-metal or a zebra silver line on-metal solutions, you can expect about 10 meters or 32 feet. So that's a bit of a difference, 10 meters versus 17 meters. And that's just because metal is difficult to, to tag. Right. So why is it difficult to tag, like with the read range? It's actually, if you go back to high school, your physics class, um, metal reflects the energy. So if you've got metal, here's my prop here. So I have a metal can and I have an RFID tag on there and the RF energy is coming towards this metal, it's gonna reflect versus absorb into that tag. It's just kind of that elementary. Likewise, liquids, liquids um, absorb the energy. And so therefore the tag does not work well on liquids. It's for the same reason. Right, right. Now, I think the other options that are kind of available is it's not always about having the right inlay for a non-metal application, but there's a lot of different label design options out there that people may not know about. Can you talk a little bit about some of those? Yeah, absolutely. So just like in the graphic that I just showed, you know, an antenna and chip are very, very thin. I, I don't know the millimeter of it, but very, very thin. So what you need to do in a metal application, and hopefully you can see this pretty well. So this is an on-metal RFID label with antenna built in, and it's kind of thick because there's a foam backing there that you just need that, just a, a millimeter, or sometimes it's, I think it's like a quarter of a millimeter to get it off of the metal to allow the RF energy or, or waves to get around that inlay and then it will work on metal. Um, these are foam backed at Zebra. We have the Silver Line is our, our branded product that we run through our uh, ZT411 printers. Um, the value here is that they're printable. Now there's other products out there that aren't printable that will work in the same way. Sometimes they're encapsulated in plastic, all kinds of different ways just to get that antenna off of the metal. This is, you would say, well, Kelly, that's just a label. It is just a label. And um, we turn this into, I can't get it off of this upside down. Oh my goodness. So this is just a flat, you know, regular label with an antenna in it, but we've turned this into a flag. So you fold it over and you've got a little bit of adhesive here. So this will work in the same way. You're just flagging it off. Again, as long as it's not flat onto that metal, if you flag it off and so it, there's some airspace, you just need to get some airspace around it. Now, the difference is this is more of a temporary solution. These, this type of a solution, you're gonna put on your laptop and it's gonna be on there for years. Or you're gonna put it on, um, see a lot of stuff outside. This can work outside. This is a polyester label. This will go on heavy duty equipment. Um, it can go on handhelds. It can go on lo lots of stuff. This, this is a temporary solution. This is for work in process. This is for um, retail. We, we see a lot of this stuff in retail. Um, there's like, if you have packaging that maybe has foam in it, I'm sorry, not foam, foil. Foil packaging, you don't think about that. Oh, well, it, it's like plastic. Well, no, there's, there's some foil in there. You'll need something like this 
the flag off of that to get that off that metal. There is also, this is a little bit more robust and it's a little bit larger. So where this is a flag, this is actually almost perpendicular to the surface. As you can see, I've kind of pre-folded this one. So you'll see if this is the surface, this is completely straight off of it. This works great in a warehouse solution. You put these on um, metal uprights. So if you're trying to read way high up, something like this will work there. Again, off of the metal, This looks, if this was a piece of metal, this is perpendicular to it. It's, it's all you need to do is just get it off that metal to get better read rates. Interesting, very interesting. So um, the other thing is, what if um, an organization has a lot of metal and non-metal surfaces and they just, they need to identify them all. They want the same label for everything. Do they have to do anything different in that scenario? So that's a, that, you know, we, we get a lot of those um, in the world of e-commerce and shipping right now, if you can imagine all those people shipping, all those big companies shipping stuff. So you really, my suggestion is you really need to think about your application and you think about how you're going to use that label. So are you 80% of the time going to be tagging up metal? Then you're probably going to want to use a solution like, like the flag or even the Silverline product, the foam back product all of the time because then you don't have to make that decision, right? You're, you've got product coming down the line or maybe product coming off the truck and you're, you have somebody working, moving quickly. Okay, do, do I need a metal or not metal or, or what do I do here? That's my biggest suggestion and you need to sit down and, and really walk through all the application and, and does it make sense to make that decision at that point? Maybe it does. Maybe it's 50-50 and because the price of this and the price of this are, are quite different. So if it does make sense to make have, you know, take that half a second or three seconds, let's call it three seconds to make a decision, pull it from this printer or that printer, um, then you can you can build your application to that. Now, let's say it doesn't. Let's say only 5% of the time you're tagging up something other than metal, and it, then you just wanna go ahead and use something like this, which is a multi-surface. This will work on metal, on liquids, on plastics, on cardboard. It will work everywhere. Again, it, it's a little bit more cost than you know our, your average just plain Jane label, um, but the ROI is you don't have to make a decision, right? You, you, Slap that, slap it on. Everything works everywhere. Um, you don't have human error. So even though there's a decision made here, you have to also consider the human error of making the wrong decision. What happens? You need to think through that. What happens if my employee puts a tag and that tag doesn't read because it was the wrong type of tag? What does that do to my process? Does it shut down my line? Do I ship a product to the wrong place? Um, and what is the consequence of that? Now I have to reship it customers angry, customer satisfaction. You really have to think through the whole process why you would want to use a on metal specifically, a multi-surface or something that you can use on everything, but may not be, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't need a hundred percent or we don't like to ever say we're gonna get a hundred percent reads, but maybe you don't need 95% reads. Maybe you can live with 80% reads. And if that's the case, that's how you kind of think through those processes. And, and we certainly here at Zebra can help you with that. Great, and the printer is another important consideration when choosing a solution to identify metal with RFID. Because um, as we know, many of the on metal labels, you know, the one that you were showing, they're really thick. And most 
RFID thermal printers aren't built to handle that level of thickness, you know, running through them. And that causes a lot of problems, right? Absolutely. So this is like, a you know, an average, this is probably five mil thick. This, we're looking at like 20, 25 mil thick, I believe. Don't quote me on that one, but that's about what this is. So you need to use an on-metal printer. Um, the Zebra branded printer is the ZT411R. The print head has extra room in there to allow the thickness of these labels to go through. And why is it important? Because one, you know, on the surface printing, the printer, the printer prints better when it's given a little bit more room to print. Um, it doesn't jam. Um, encoding sometimes it's it seems simple but if you're if the printer is encoding and it jams and then maybe it's going to read the next one and not the last one and it's it needs to run smoothly consistently and so that's why you need an on metal printer and that's but the other part of that is so if you need to use an on metal printer but sometimes you want to use a different kind of solution, then perhaps you're going to need two printers. That should all be considered when you're thinking about the ROI, about what kind of on-metal solution you're going to go with. Right. And sometimes, you know, when those thicker materials kind of um, throw printing off, it also impacts data integrity because you can't keep track of kind of what you're mm -hmm. coding because it's not advancing through the printer properly or it's not printing what you need on it to identify it correctly visually. And so there becomes some issues there as well. And then I think that a lot of that leads to printer maintenance because when that material is being jammed, you know, through the print head, it's gonna, you know, come in more contact and probably be more abrasive to that print head as well. So it's probably also gonna cause some printer maintenance challenges too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, print heads are always important to think about in your process. And when you're using an on-metal solution, that print head gets a little bit more wear and tear than just a regular label. So you need to be very careful and you want to make sure you're using the right products. Um, well, certainly for your process because printer downtime costs money. Yes. Yeah. And when those things don't print and code correctly, then you're having to relabel or fiddle with the printer and then you're not able to get your items identified and where they need to be. So, yep. awesome. So Kelly, what advice would you give to those wanting to implement RFID on metal assets? So just like we've been saying, uh, you know, through, throughout this um, conversation, you really want to think through that process and it's not any different than a regular label. You need to start from the beginning and think about where is that product going? How's it going to be implemented? Um, what kind of surface are you labeling? Is it curved? Is it flat? What kind of environment is it going to be in? You know, we're doing on metal um, tagging of in the shipyards. Um, we're using a hang tag, which we actually didn't even talk about that, but we, we implemented a hang tag there. But it, the material it's made of is going to last 10 years. And so that's important. So you got to think through all the way through that. Is it leaving your four walls and going to go somewhere else and has to have, you know, still perform? Um, so then you need to consider that what happens when you leave the four walls. Is there, you know, 
what kind of environment, like I said, is it hot? Is it cold? Is there humidity? Is there moisture? Just like a regular label, because what we do at here at Zebra for you is we take the right inlay, we choose the right inlay for your process and mar marry it with the right materials. Now, if you're using a silver line product such as this, this is already the, you know, the best of the best. It's a polyester. It's going to last a long time. But let's talk Let's talk about it. Let's make sure that this is the right answer for you because we have other solutions that could work as well. Right. And that includes the label design that, you know, Kelly showed you a few of those different options earlier. And that's another thing that we bring to the table in the conversations that we have with you is do you potentially need to evaluate using a, a different type of label design uh, for your application? Yep, okay. absolutely. Great. Well, with that, it's a wrap. Uh, until next time, remember there is more to thermal barcode and RFID supplies than what you can see. Zebra is here to help you get it right to optimize your operations. Reach out directly to us or one of our resellers for assistance.